I remember, um, I remember watching that before and it ended with the, the man and the woman with the dog. <laughs> I was like, that's the only part of that thing I don't relate to at all. And then we got a dog here at the end of December and man, I love that dog so much. And he loves me more than anyone else in our family, which I think is why I love him. He's the only one that loves me in our family, um, unconditionally. And uh, no, but it's, it's cool. Does it feel like you just, you're at a Pixar movie? It's like a short. Um, there's something about that, that just like that journey to getting to this relationship and some of you aren't there yet you know I recognize the singles that are in here that maybe that's what God has called you to be for the rest of your life but for the lion's share of people this relationship that we're drawn to at an early age sort of captures our heart and we have this longing and something God put into us that leads up to the culmination uh, of marriage and um, it is a beautiful thing and it is a uh, terrifying thing, and it is an awesome thing, and it is an awful thing, um, and everything in between. And anybody that's been married knows what I'm talking about. Amen. It doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any worse, because you're letting somebody so close to your soul, um, that's where the, I don't know, you let somebody that close, um, it, it, you can get hurt worse than any other relationship can hurt you. And I know some of you here, and I want to recognize you've, you've been through a relationship. And so when we sang that song about heaven, you're like, yeah, I can't wait to go to heaven because it hasn't worked out for me down here. And, um, and, and I can respect that. And I get that. There are certain days where I feel that as well. And you might be asking, well, why in the world did you have, I can only imagine in the set today? Um, because there's probably three people in this room today. There's, there's a group of people that are like, man, that song was awesome. I've never heard that song before. That was so powerful. And uh, I'd love to know where I can get it. And the two of you can come and see me after the service, um, because maybe you were born under a rock about 20 years ago. But that song was so overplayed, which then there's another group of people, they heard it so much, they're like, if I never hear that song again, it will be too soon. And then there's another group of people in here that I think have gone through things in their life and they're like, man, that song means a whole lot to me. I can tell you it moved me today in just new ways when I think about eternity and what that will mean. Like, how did that song even hit you uh, when you, you hear that song, like what kind of flows through your mind, both for the here and now and the life to come? Well, uh, that, that song came out about the same time that I lost one of my closest friends from college. We were in each other's weddings, and she died the day after Taylor was born. Um, and every time I hear that song, like it's just one of those songs I never, ever get sick of. Mm. It just, it moves me. And... Then the movie around that song came out when my mom passed and big mistake to go to that movie, <laughs> the mm -hmm. timing of that. But I mean, it, it moves me because I just, I, I know that's what's true. I know that's what's true for my mom, for mm -hmm. um, Jason's parents. Like I just, I, I know they love Jesus so much and I know um, they're in, they're, 
they're in such a better situation, a better place. So yeah. I think it's one of those things like, you know, in, in heaven, we're not going to be married. And it's like, wait, that's, for me, that's one of the greatest things about this life. Like, why would I be married? Say once, that's, <laughs> for me, that I'm just, just like, get me there. Like, what? That's one of the going to be the greatest things about it is I don't have to be with this guy anymore. Um. There are days for sure. But um, I just, I, one thing my parents used to always say in times that just didn't make sense is God is sovereign. And it just would go over my head. But we have our human, like, we are human and our humanness, we have our five senses and that's all we can wrap our mind around. But God is so much greater and bigger than that. And there's so much more than that in heaven mm. beyond the five senses and the things that we understand yeah. humanly. And I just can't wait to see what that, that looks like. I mean, my, my dad is remarried now. And so then I'm like, okay, well, how's that gonna look? You know, well, it's just gonna be different. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, typically you play that song at a funeral, not at a wedding. Um, But today I want to play that song thinking about weddings and thinking about marriages. And there's a reason I want to do that because it was probably a few months back as we were watching our parents move to the next life and we watched both of them get to their 49th year of marriage together. And we watched them waste away like we all will. We're all going to pass. I don't mean to break the news to you on this Memorial Day weekend that you want to have fun and eat brats and maybe drink a little bit too much. Some of you here try not to do that uh, because it's sin. Um, But but I, I want us to recognize this precious, one precious thing that we have in this life and and Jesus knew this as well one of the passages that we talked about a couple months ago and I think it was fresh off the heels of of death happening to our parents is we got done with a date and we pulled into the driveway and something captured me that Jesus said and it's actually found in the gospels in Matthew 22 and Jesus said this this is a Jesus quote at the resurrection or in heaven people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. And there was something about that 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 motivated me in in a huge way. I remember sitting in the car. um, Last night I was like, do you remember that conversation? She's like, not really. Um, To me, it was one of my favorite conversations I've ever had with her, and she doesn't recollect it because it really... But I, I know what I was thinking. I'm like, we only got one shot to do this. We're not getting any younger. If we're going to get it on like Donkey Kong, we got to get it on like Donkey Kong now. Like, you're like, well, you know, my, my way isn't what it used to be. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not who I used to be either, but I think I'm pretty good looking. I think you're pretty good looking, and we're not going to be married in heaven, and we only get to have sex one time. Let's have more of it, not less of it. Does any, can I get an amen at least from the guys? So that was part of preach it. Yeah, I, haven't, I don't hear that around here a lot, but can I get a witness out there? Man, I don't hear any feminine voices, but this is probably why she didn't hear this conversation in the driveway after the date night. But there was so much more than that. Like, I wanted her to know, I love you. You're the only one I've got. I don't plan on getting married to anybody else, even if you do. <laughs> you know, I, I, you're the only one I've got. I want to take all my affection to you. 
And I don't know what it's going to look like in heaven. If we've got five senses now, who's to say we don't have 77 senses then? If we've got this many colors now, we could have infinitely more colors. Anything that means something to us that's the end all be all now, it probably is going to pale in significance to the desires that are met then that we don't even experience now. So I'm not going to question God, but right now that's undoing. And what it does is it sort of takes my life and compresses it down, sap the syrup and says, what are you doing with the one precious life that you have with your wife now? Because that's not going to look the same. And are we doing it right? Are, 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 are you satisfied with where things are at? Could there be more for us? This is why we go on date nights rather than getting buried underneath the debris of like the urgency and the tyranny of the urgent. Like our lives are busy. Anybody's lives here busy? Anybody's lives here just sort of like take on a life of their own and like she can get left in the dust and I can leave her in the rearview mirror of my life as well. And it's like, we gotta have that time. Like, is this the way we wanna be? Am I missing your heart or are you missing my heart? because I don't want that to take place. So that verse did something to me because I watched my parents, vitality. We got married when my parents were the age we are now. And I remember how vital they were and how alive they were and how with it they were and how in love they were and how, how much they loved us. And we watched them just lay on a bed, horizontal, turn into a skeleton and and disintegrate and we buried them and their life is over and this is not what they're experiencing anymore. This is the one shot you and I got to do marriage right. And, and when, we, when we die, we're gonna stand before God. And I, I'm, Matthew 25 talks about how, um, how we treat one another, not just like the least of these. And there are many days that we are the least of these to each other. Like you're the last person that gets the good from me because I gave so much and we're gonna stand before God and he's gonna separate who, who, who ministered to who, how. And so like, you know, it literally, it's like when you fed them, when you clothed them, when you gave them a place to stay, you did that unto me, unto God. And so, I mean, there are days at the mundane of like, I forever always have this massive pile of laundry, but really, I mean, this, it's so simple and maybe stupid, but when I am clothing my family and taking, I am doing that unto the Lord and those little things, like those are things that how my heart is in that. And when I'm doing that, I'm going to stand before God and, and it does matter. Mm. It does matter. And when I'm just like, you know what? Screw all of you. I'm not doing this. You know, and there are days that I feel that, you know, but um, mm -hmm. like my, my attitude towards that in my marriage, it does matter on that day mm. when I stand before God. Yeah, and it kind of led us into a conversation about another text that we lingered in last night. We actually didn't get through two thirds of our message. And so we'll see how far we can get today. <laughs> um, but this passage from the Old Testament, some of you may have seen it before, some not. When God gave the 10 commandments, he also gave 300 or 613 commandments to the Israelite people in Deuteronomy. And this was one of the commandments. And it's pretty amazing that God knew something about how he created us, designed us, his desires for our life, that he would put this as one of the commandments to, to the Israelite people surrounded by other nations that did not have these laws that were for their good. 
and it's found in Deuteronomy 24.5. Get a load of these green apples. If a man has recently married, he must not be sent to war, which is typically what happens with guys in war in a barbaric society, or have any other duty or responsibility laid on him. For one year, he is to be free to stay at home and bring happiness to the wife he is married. A command of God. This wasn't paternity leave or maternity leave. This was matrimony leave. And one of the things to me that this shows me, and this is an argument from silence and me using my sanctified imagination, because I ask, God, what do you know about us that we do not value highly enough? And he knows, I know what life can do to a marriage. The first half of this verse comes in fast and furious, and it doesn't stop until the end of your life. Battles and business become the top priority and being at home and bringing freedom at home and bringing happiness to a marriage, boy, that, that ends up getting put on the back burner for so many of us in this room. Do you know what I'm saying? I remember when we first got married, we got married, we took our little honeymoon. We didn't take the year, but we took a week, right? That's what America does now. You take a week. God's like, well, you can get to know a lot of person in that first week. How many of you, your first year of marriage was absolutely a dumpster fire? Oh, I didn't ask you to raise your hands, but feel free. Feel free. Literally, raise your hands. How many of you are like, that was tough sledding right there? And the rest of you, you're liars, because I know it was really, really good. But you are trying to figure out, wait a minute, I didn't know that's how you were raised. This was how I was raised. This is what we valued. Why do you yell when you fight? Well, we, I, that's how our family, well, I, when you yell, that triggers me. And I, what in the world? I thought we were like hot and heavy for each other. I was trying not to jump your bones this side of marriage. But now when I try to jump your bones, you don't want me to jump your bones. And I thought that was going to go really easy. That didn't go well. Everything takes learning in that first year and you're like holy cow I did not know what I was getting into do you think God wrote something because he knew man you think you know that woman you think you know that man you don't know the half of it and you better have a year before you're thinking about everything else overwhelmed and I love the the part that hit me yesterday not all week was bring happiness It's who are you being, which is what we're talking about this series, but like what are you bringing to your relationship? What are you bringing home? What are you bringing to your your kids? What are you bringing to your spouse? I can tell you one thing, if I don't come to work and bring something to work, I get fired. If you don't bring it to work, you get fired. If you don't bring it to a friendship, that friendship's not going to last. If you don't bring it to anything in this world, it's going to actually dissipate and disappear in your life. And for some reason, we're like, yeah, but in marriage, she loves me unconditionally and everyone else doesn't. So I have to get their approval and I have to keep working really, really hard because they love me conditionally. If I don't work really hard, they're going to leave me. But my wife, she'll never leave me. I have her wrapped around my finger. I don't have to bring anything to her and, and she'll stay with me. Let me tell you something. Let's get honest here today. You stop bringing stuff home to your spouse. It doesn't last. 
I'm in the business of being in counseling rooms with people that have this idea they love me unconditionally only to find they don't. There are conditions to being married. And if you don't bring it, and all you're there to do is take and not to bring, to consume and not to offer, this relationship, God says, doesn't work. What are you bringing to the relationship? How do you see that in our relationship? Like if we're not bringing that home or you don't bring something to me, it starts breaking down. Um, well, I actually, I think it starts before this. I think it starts like traditionally m- men would go and prepare a place for before they were married. In they the would, betrothal yeah, period. Yeah, while they were engaged, he would be preparing and she would be preparing separately. And then they would go into marriage more prepared. And, and that's even what we're to be doing here on earth is preparing for eternity. And our marriage, if you're new in your faith, maybe you don't know that the design of marriage is by God to, to as a metaphor for his relationship to us. And I... I was, I was reading this book called um, Live No Lies this, this last month. I've been reading through it. And, and he talks about some of the disciplines and the discipline of fasting. In the, in the early church, people would fast from on Wednesdays and Fridays. And not just like a fast from social media, fast from this one thing. It's, that's abstinence. Fasting is like no food on those days. And the reason they would do that is to prepare themselves for suffering. So that you, it's, it's like, you know, we go to the gym and we work certain muscles and the more you work those muscles, the stronger they become and the more prepared they are for what you need when you need that strength. And um, so, so f- different disciplines like fasting, I think is, is it, it's kind of been, it's almost like a new thing to me in the last month. I mean, I, I understand it, but when I look at it that way, like when I'm being really intentional and, and how, how am I preparing myself for the next thing? What is that going to look like? Even, yeah, we're married now, but what am I doing to prepare myself for what could come, whatever that might be? Mm-hmm. And um, I, like I, I was in my car by myself, silence, nothing in my brain at all, and just dropped in my brain, batting down the hatches. And, and I'm like, well, what does that exactly mean? And I looked it up because I don't know the sailing terms. And it, well, we, when we were in college, we went on this really stupid trip. And um, don't ever do this. It, we took a 60-foot sailboat our with trip a bunch our of our friends class, that yeah. didn't know what we were doing from Miami to the Bahamas. And we hit this we hit the storm of a lifetime. It was eight to 12 foot waves. And I literally thought we were gonna die. We would go up this wave and, and it, we would catch air and then crash. And it just, this big loud crack, it would sound like the boat was gonna fall apart. And Remember we had a prayer meeting in the middle of the boat with all our college All buddies. I know we is we the whole die. time I was trying not to throw up. So yeah. I don't remember anything else. Yeah. But <laughs> except this part, he and his friend Buddy were in the very front the helm um, underneath, their bunk was down there and their hatchet. Their hatch. Hatchet, <laughs> their hatchet. Um, their hatch, <laughs> sorry, thanks for correcting me on that, um, was not latched. And so every time we would come down, it was like a fire hydrant of water would come in and just destroy the, everything they had. Everything they had was, was a mess. And so the batten down the hatches is taking the board battens, put it over, um, to prepare for that so that things aren't destroyed. And um, so anyway, all that to say, like, I, 
I really believe that there is something that in our daily walk and in our daily lives, we need to be doing to prepare ourselves for whatever it is. And that is just spending time in God's word. And that is prayer. Um, the best way to practice the presence of God and to invite his presence is to look at the different practices that Jesus did. And a lot of that was fasting and prayer. And um, so I think that's a huge thing that I'm still learning to bring into our marriage. Um, and then in doing that, I feel like it does make me stronger. Like we had a massive fight yesterday and the timing was just wonderful. But I did, I did walk away from that and I was able to be like, okay, God, I'm... And we hadn't fought for No, we hadn't so fought long. forever. Yeah. And then you had to bring up something, so... <laughs> And I was like, okay, God, I, I want to be able to see my contribution to this. And there is a season that I definitely wasn't going to be doing that. It was like, I just, what I feel, what you said to me and those kind of things. And I think the, the longer we've been together, the more we're understanding, um, just our own contribution to those conflicts and, um, the triggers, um, I like what you're saying I, with the dark horses, the guys I'm discipling. I sent them a verse in Proverbs where it says, a, a friend loves at all times, but, but a brother is born for adversity. To be born for adversity, I think, in marriage when you're preparing to suffer. And we don't do this in America very well. It's like everything we do is to prepare to suffer together so that we can bear witness of each other's lives but bear each other's burdens. Like... To actually say to your spouse, oh, we're suffering, something's wrong. It's like, no, we're suffering. This is the way it is. I prepared my heart. I've steeled myself against this. And we're ready for this. We're born for this. We can do this. We can get through this. Not something's wrong with you or something's wrong with me. It's like, this is what it's like to be in a world where we're in battle and where we have things that are laid on us as far as burdens, battle, and business that are overtaking our lives. Like, how do we work through suffering? And so I would ask like you again, like there's a preparation to it, but what do we bring to the relationship that can either kill, be soul killing or soul filling in your mind? Um, I think, well, it's, it's learning to study one another. It's, it's learning to know like, what is the thing that, like, what do you need? What feeds your heart? Um, you learning what feeds my heart, what drains me? Mm. Um, and one thing that we've learned huge is just on a daily basis, when you get home, you can get kind of a quick feel of how that person's day was and, um, not contributing to the negativity, but just finding hope in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the littlest thing. If I, um, it's been a challenging week for me with Josh. I feel like, um, he's starting to recognize more and more his disability and it's heavy, it's sad for me, I don't like it. It makes him moody. And so he's grumpy and he's mouthy. And um, so when I share my experience of what I've had with that, like it's encouraging to be like, you know what, one day at a time. Let's just, let, I'm, or him like, I'm just gonna take him for a walk and we'll just have, you know, I just wanna see where his heart's at. And he's really great at one-on-one, -on -one, um, Josh is. And, and something like that rather than like, yeah, if this is the direction we're headed, we've got a long life ahead. Hmm. You know, I mean, when Tay was, Tay was a baby, she, was, she had colic. And I'll never forget, he got home from work. 
I'm trying to make dinner. She's screaming. And he's sitting at, um, like with her like this, watching ESPN, like on high volume, turned it all the way up. Just, I'm like, you've got to get up and bounce her or something. He's like, our lives are officially over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, that, that, that would be example of soul killing. Yes. That's <laughs> not bringing those anything things. home yeah. that's very generative. <laughs> but, right. you know, I mean, he's shared very openly that he has battled anxiety. And um, I don't battle that to the same degree anyway. I think everybody can a little bit. But... Um, so I don't fully understand that because I have a process of thinking through things and my thoughts and, and I, and so I try to like, well, maybe try this or what about this? And mm. the last time um, we were on a date that he was talking about this, we were at the Cheesecake Factory and he was like, just talking about this is one of the heaviest times of anxiety. I just like. That was B-dubs. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 it was not. <laughs> We were in Cheesecake Factory. I know. Sometimes she doesn't have a good memory. Um, speed dubs. No. No, because we were in Von Mar afterwards. Remember? Anyway. You want to play? <laughs> um, Carry on. Wherever we were eating. Yeah. Um, but he was just sharing. <clears throat> Um, just some of the weight of that and, and some of the different thoughts and some of the thoughts were so out there for me that, you know, in my mind, I feel like I have something to say to that, but I just decided this time I'm just going to be quiet and mm-hmm. see. And um, later he was like, I, that was so good for me to process that with you. I just feel lighter. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, apparently me giving unsolicited advice is not what he wants. Mm-hmm. It's more just, can you listen and let me process? Yeah. And so, you know, we're constantly learning and, um, you know, we, the five love languages, we know like there's different, every, you know, there are days that all five of them, I need them all. Um, and then there's some seasons I where- I hate those days. <laughs> uh, you get to pick two, that's it. Um, yeah. And then there, you know, like when we were first married, physical touch, 1000% was him. And then there are different seasons where that changes mm-hmm. and he needs more words of affirmation and I need more acts of service or yeah. that kind of thing. And, and being really aware of that yeah. in each other. Yeah, I remember that when we were in Von Mar after that, um, she was going to the bathroom in Von Mar and over where the bathroom is for the women, she left me over in like the women's underwear section while I was waiting for her and like people were walking by and I'm like, I'm not over here like in the panties section. Yeah, creeping. (laughs) Um, But I remember like how much that meant to me to have a friend that I could share my whole heart with and she could just take it. And, and how meaningful that, that was to me. There are just things, sometimes it's the, I was sharing last night, sometimes it's the small things. Um, it isn't the big things you do, it's like those small words where you've studied them and you're looking at them and they know you. Um, the words that I shared last night when I was just, you know, I watched a, a movie and my heart was so heavy for people, like I, I feel, I feel a heart for people. That's why, like, being in this world, sometimes I want to go to heaven because I can't take it anymore. Like, I feel humanity. Anybody out there feel humanity just 
convulsing and you just, I mean, when you see school shootings or, or things happening in different places and every day I wake up and I feel that, that's part of that. I got transference issues, like it sticks to me. But to have somebody that I can just talk to that, that sits there and listens with me and doesn't just say, man, I need you to get out of that because that's making me feel bad. But there was a moment I was just feeling it and I remember she came up behind me and hugged me and said to me, um, I love what you're made of. Well, for me, I was like, oh my goodness, that, that hit so deep to me that she's like, I, that part of you that you might actually be disgraced by, ashamed by, embarrassed by, that's why I married you. I love that, that your heart is so broken for people rather than like, you need to man up. Like, because I got all these things going on and I can't have you falling apart. It's like, I love when you fall apart over the right things. And I want to affirm that and come around that. Um, and just learning, like over the years, it took me like seven years. You talk about studying your spouse. Like, this is what it's all about. In the first year, God's like, I'm going to give you complete carte blanche on your spouse to learn how to bring happiness to your spouse. I want you to study them. I want you to have conversations. I want you to go things. I want you to debrief. I want you to process what you learn. I want you to try again. And so it's study and then developing strategy and then executing that strategy. We do it for everything else in the world. Like if there's a problem, you troubleshoot it, you find out what happens, you process, you go back to the drawing board and you say, let's try to do that a little bit differently. I mean, even in your sexual relationship, I don't know if you've ever tried something on one night it worked and you're like, man, I'm gonna bottle that up. That was a cool formula. What did I do to get to this point? You try the same thing. Oh, if it, the next night, if it's my, you know, uh, you know, if I get my druthers, but maybe down the road a, a little bit. But you try the same thing, so like, eh, hey, I don't want that. Women, I don't get that. But I got to get my wife and like, okay, this is, this is actually mysterious. She has mystique to her. I can't like phone it in. I can't show up and go on autopilot. Like she is a delicate creature that God made. And I am sitting there watching, looking at her body language and just saying, God, where is she at? Like those things are critical. And this is really cool. And I wanna dive into this out of this passage. You look at the Hebrew text and you look at scholars. This literally at the end is to bring cheer to your wife. It's talking about how do you bring cheer or happiness or pleasure to your, your wife in the area of intimacy? Because I think what God knows is guys are like really easy for me every single time, very pleasurable, very easy for me. The, the woman, it's not like that. In fact, I, I listened to a podcast this week and it's like people that don't even know Christ, I think it was a dark horse podcast with Brett Weinstein and he was talking as an evolutionary biologist how porn is killing our society. This is an atheist that's sharing porn is killing society because young boys in particular are raising up 
um, with all of these images and porn never satisfies them because you need more and more and darker and seedier and more screwy, you know, crazy, uh, you know, stuff that actually doesn't fit into a relational context. So it doesn't feed them and satisfy them. They have to, it has to be darker and more salacious and more hellacious in order to satisfy and scratch the itch. And then they get into relationship and they're carrying all that imagery and all that expectations and assumptions into the relationship. So now the relationship doesn't satisfy them either. Porn doesn't satisfy them and a real relationship with a woman doesn't satisfy them. And they, in this generation, there is young men are having less sex than they've ever had and I can't tell you how many years. And in the church we'd be like, oh, that's wonderful for the wrong reasons. Because they are actually, once they're in a relationship with a woman, they don't know how to study a woman. And for them, it's always been recreational. It's not relational. This here, if you're going to bring happiness and she's going to enjoy the bedroom as much as you, you better study that woman, take time, and not be preoccupied and be like, well, it's really easy for me. It should be easy for you. Can, can you maybe speak into that? Like, this has been a journey for us, even going through counseling from backgrounds and like we're different people. Um, yeah, I mean, well, there, there is a thing with the purity culture that has being raised up in Christianity that is like, no, 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 no. Now you can do whatever you want, you're married. And it, and it does kind of, it, it's like baptism with fire because all of a sudden everything's allowed and you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa wait a second. And we, we had to learn to- What was weird though is when we were dating, you were so hot okay. and heavy for me. But here's the, I say that because it was, it just, I know every time I bring this I stuff up, she gets so a feeling in her stomach. I just feel so uncomfortable with this. I want everybody to know this is not like, oh, she seems so comfortable. I'm not, but okay. But in the Bible, we gotta get biblical, biblical, biblical. Yeah, <laughs> biblical. Um, it's but, not even funny now. You messed it up. Yeah, I messed up the punchline. But anyway, the, this here. It's weird, this side of marriage is we were trying to stop ourselves, stop the locomotive so that we could, you know, not have sex before marriage. Once we were married, it's like something switches and what was there is now like, now it, it's, it's different mm-hmm. after marriage. And that was weird I, to like, discover and, that. And I, I can honestly say we didn't, we didn't struggle a ton as far as like what's okay, what's not when we've, when we were married and we dated four years, so we were ready. But like I have, I like, I've talked to countless people that it is, it is a battle. And there are things, like there are times that we've had to be like, okay, we have to have a conversation. That's uncomfortable. But the more you talk about it, the more comfortable, comfortable it becomes and talk about it with one another, not all of your friends. Like I, you cannot, compare your sex life to other people. You, you should not be talking about it with other people to the, I mean, yeah, I think there's a healthiness in talking mm-hmm. and, and being open about it to a degree, but you know where it's more, you know where it's too much. And I've been in settings where there are women that are like, yeah, we haven't had sex in like three months. And I'm like, that's not okay. And if they're like, there's a reason behind it though. And something to be really sensitive and um, 
try to be understanding about, but there's a reason behind that. And, and it might be you need to see a doctor. There could be something else going on. You might need to see, be in counseling or something. There's gotta be, there is a solution because God created it. It's his design. It's his design to bring us closer to one another. So of course Satan would do everything he can to put a wedge there mm. and make you feel like actually that it's okay that you're not having sex when it's not. Um, and, and like first Corinthians seven talks about like, if you're not going to be having sex, you have to have, a, there has to be a mutual agreement on that. Not just like one person saying like, yeah, no, sorry, not happening. Mm. Um, or I'm not, I don't feel like it, or I can't even, you know, it could be, but you have to work through that then. And there are ways that it can become a mutual agreement. And that's only because you manipulated your way into that. And that's not okay mm. either. But I, I just know that there, there are a lot of people that I have talked to, and I think it's been really healthy conversation, more like coming to me, like, I don't know what, I'm, I don't have answers for a lot of those things. I'm not trained in that, but there are people that are trained in that, that you can seek out mm. for that, that I, I mean, it's yeah. uncomfortable, but. I just, in church, this has not been talked about enough. God made a law to actually think about it, talk about it, consider it, and really think that God loves what he made. It's his idea. Sex didn't come after the fall. Sex wasn't like, well, yeah, that's something, that's the work of the enemy. That was the work of God. And the enemy has screwed it up with some of the things I talked about earlier. And with abuse. There's so much abuse. So it's much so abuse. crazy. Like yeah. I was an RA in college. Over half of my girls had been sexually abused yeah. by family members and close friends. So it was not, it's a, it's a, it's a very difficult conversation. And I'm also very aware that there are young kids in here and it's, and so then I feel like we have to be careful with what we're saying. But I also, we, we've just gotten to a place where we try to talk as openly as we can within a healthy boundary within our, in our home. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do think that abuse is all the more reason where you gotta figure out what was your experience prior to me? And I need to know all of those things. And we need to ask God to bring healing to all those places so that I don't be like, well, I don't really know what happened to you and I don't care what happened to you. All I know is it's supposed to be this way. And I am comparing you to other people or to movies I've watched or songs I'm listening to. It'll, it'll ruin you. It's like, who am I married to? What have you been through? I want you to know I care about that. And I'm here to help you heal your heart with the Holy Spirit so that Satan doesn't use what we're embarrassed by or have shame over. I'm gonna spend time with you. I'm not gonna blow that off, sweep it under the carpet, get busy with business and with battle in my life and you get busy with business and battle in your life and we don't talk about it and we wonder why seven years in or 12 years in this thing is gone off the rails, the lug nuts are falling off. It's like, can we get under the hood and we, can we believe this is important to us as it is to God that we make time for this. And I know right now we can't like give, you know, mater you know, matrimony leave. We're not in that culture. But you need to know that the first half of this verse is there to bury the second half of this verse. It is. And I know even coming home, like after a hard day, and I don't know what you have to do 
to bring something to the household for me. You've gone through your day and it is battle for you just like it is for me. When I leave work, a lot of times on the way home, I just have to say, God, I'm here to flush out the toxins of what I experienced today. God, I'm flushing out and I'm bringing before you and I'm casting before you all the things that weigh on me, the duties that have been laid on me, the battles that I fought, the blood that's on the floor. God, on the way home, I give it to you and I'm flushing this out so I can flesh out the good news of the gospel at home with my kids tonight. And I even go sometimes so far as once I get home, if I don't feel like I've rid myself from it on the way home, and I talk out loud to, to God in, in the car, God, you know my day. You know what I went through. You know the life that I live. It's a bit more, she's more living in obscurity and that's a different battle with menial tasks. I'm living more high profile and they're not meaning, meaning you know, less tasks and thankless tasks as much. I'm like in the limelight and because of that, there's scrutiny and there's criticism and I'm taking arrows and cracking them off and I get home and I've gone through a different battle. One is out of obscurity doing menial tasks. Another one is like, I wish I wasn't, I wish I was under the radar someday and I didn't feel the pressure of it all weighing on me and I wish I wasn't getting crucified with email sometimes but I come home and it's like God I place that in your hands and I'll come into the home sometimes and it's symbolic I have to be like I'm gonna go take a shower I don't know if it's faking my body into thinking I'm awake and starting over again. I take a shower and I let it wash over me and I say, God, I want that to be BC and I want what's in front of me from five o'clock on to be AD. Make me a new creation right now, God. Fake me into being awake when I'm tired and help me to show up and be new so that I can bring something to this home. What do you have to do as you're sort of going through your day running people around so that you are cleansing yourself to bring something to our relationship and to our home. I, well, it's like what I said earlier. It's preparing my heart because, and there are different seasons. When my, the kids were little and they were up at the crack of dawn and I just felt like I had no space to have my own time with God, um, it looked different. That was more like, what's the verse of the day? Okay, that's all I got. You know, and then, but now as they're older, I get up earlier and I have my quiet time and um, just read God's word. And there are times that I've, I read and I'm like, I mean, it's not like there's something there that's like, ooh, I'm gonna practice this today, you know? But it's, it's things that I've, you know, they build on one, they build on each other. And um, after I drop the boys off at school is like one of my best times, I'm in my car by myself and I pray out loud. And I have a list I pray um, for each one of my fam family members. I have a word and a verse that I've prayed for them for this year. And it does, I, like what's so cool is I've seen, I've seen that word just manifest. Mm -hmm. I've seen that verse just come alive in them. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And he even changed his word for himself this year. And I'm like, well, I'm not changing it. I'm keeping it the same. And like, I just see, I don't know. I just see God move. And sometimes that's like a 10 minute talk with God and that's it. Sometimes it's five minutes or sometimes it's nothing because somebody calls me or whatever. But I like, I really do try to focus on, on that. And that's not to say like there are times, especially in the dark season that we've been in of loss in the last three years, um, there are times that he comes home and his, his heart is just heavy and sad and broken. And you can't just fake your way out of that. 
you know, and there are times that he comes home and I have been holding back this dam that I just need to go in the bathroom, shut the door and be alone for a second, you know, and let the emotion um, release and then I can, then I'm okay, you know, yeah. and it's trying to be sensitive to those things with each other. Yeah. Also, I mean, we, we, for a while, we're kind of playing dirty with it because it was like, yeah, well, look what I did. Yeah, well, look what I did. And it's this competition of who had less sleep, you know, or who had the who worst had day, day right? or who has to put in more of the hard work or, you know, that kind of thing. And, yeah. and, and it's just different. You can't compare that. Yeah. It's not healthy either. Yeah. Well, we're um, at the end. I, like I told you this last night, and even afterward, I, I love how you're tough and tender both. I, I don't know who you're married to. I'm not married to a wallflower and a doormat. This, she's got some fierce love coming at me um, at times, and I love that. I feel like you've, you've uh, like I don't want somebody to just roll over and play dead and just be my little trophy wife. I don't want that. I love the way you are. And even at times where I just, you know, we're both strong personalities and fight, I love that you fight with me, for me. Okay, don't and, forget that. But I do, I do, I love it. I was talking to Blake Kreider the other day. He was like, I didn't marry a pushover either. And I was like, I love that. I love that about you, you're, you're an awesome wife. And man. Well, you make being a wife fun. Yeah. And I love being married to you. And I just, I want everybody to know, I mean, and a lot of you know Jason well, because he loves people and he wants to know you, but some of you don't. And he is who he says he is. He is up here, the same person. And, um, you know, I, I was hesitant coming into the weekend. Like I just, like I just spoke and the girls were last weekend and then you want me to be up there. I mean, they're gonna be like, what's next? The boys and Gus, are they gonna be up there next week? <laughs> we'll spare you from that. But um, you know, I just don't want it to be like the Holdridge family on display. I, it's not because we have it together that we wanna share. It's because we don't that we wanna share and want you to feel just the normalcy in that. And, but also see how we've learned to fight clean and fight each, like he, one line that he's used with me often is I'm not fighting against you here. This is, I feel like I'm fighting you for you. And, it, and, and it's true. I've seen it, I felt it. And mm. he is the real deal and I'm just really thankful. So I just, I think my biggest take home and it's always this, is are you in the word? And if you're not because you don't know where to go, I mean, shoot me a Facebook message or a text. I will, like I'll, I'll I know where I'm at right now and what I'm enjoying reading. I don't know, I just, I want people to know the value of that mm. yes. um, because really that is our foundation yeah. and why things work. Yeah. Um, one of the things I put all the way at the end of the message, um, I saw this a while back and it was by Aubrey Hepburn. She said, if I get married, I want to be very married. Mm. And I was like, if we're gonna do this and we're not gonna be married in heaven, I want to be very married, um, not kind of married, sort of married. I want to be very married, so I love being married to you. Can you pray us out today? Sure. God, you know 
every single little tiny detail of every person in this room. Yeah. And you know their marriage, you know why things are going well and why they're not, and they may not even know. We may not even know. Um, you know the single individuals in here, and you know their hearts and their longings and their desires and mm. their battle. Will you just send your Holy Spirit to minister exactly how each one of us needs today? Yeah. And will you spend, just send a special encouragement to each one today? And would you just spark a fresh fire in each marriage? Yes, God. We commit those to you. We commit those relationships. And will you bust down the walls, yes. chase down the lies, and um, just renew passion? Yes, God. Remind each person of just the really great qualities of the other person. Just take away what the enemy is trying to do. And that is just to help us focus on what we don't like or what bothers us. Help us to see the good. Yes, God. Um, so at your feet, we just lay all of, all of our relationships hmm. and ask for your blessing over them and ask for you to push out the enemy. Help us to see the lies and receive your truth yes. and guide us even in our quiet times this week to um, come across what you need us to see. Hmm. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, thanks for coming today. Happy Memorial Day. Weekend.